0: Hello everyone, and welcome to pH Dam, the podcast Whoa. for damned PhD students, those who wish to become damned PhD students, and those of us who have TV studio money, <laughs> or oh,
1: university resources. <laughs> like, okay. So maybe. what are we talking about today?
0: Mental health.
1: Our mental health before what so We haven't about. done this
0: in so long. Guys. Okay, yes. And there's so many Pragyas in this room right now. I yes. know you guys can at least probably see one pragya. We, yeah. I see three.
1: We should so. do a video tour and show you on Instagram how many Pragyas there
2: actually is. Spot the Pragya. Spot the Pragya. Count the Pragya. Spot me, like I'm everywhere.
0: <laughs> yeah, count them. You're literally like God and I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to my um. religion. Oh my God, I'm a Pragyani stop yes. looking
2: at the screen marissa stop i'm it. so sorry
0: i'm so sorry because you're here braga and then you're there and it's too many practice <laughs> okay okay so okay
2: mental health mental, mental health, health. Mental health.
0: who's going health. first
2: Braggia, you can go first. That's That's
0: because you're no, the go first and you keep okay. clapping you seem very excited okay. about yes. mental
1: health.
2: no i i'm treating it as a joke so that i don't feel too overwhelmed about it uh sure. because if mm. i if I seriously talk about mental health, mm-hmm. I'm gonna break. So I'm just like, yeah, breezy. Everything is really breezy. Mental health is breezy, it's and everything. Is- you can break for us. No, <laughs> oh I okay. break all the time, and I'm PMSing. So it's like the worst mm-hmm. time of the month for me. And I'm just like, this is yeah, this is not good. But um. I don't know. I don't know what I don't know exactly what I should be talking about when I when it comes to mental health. Because like everything I do these days is PhD related, which it always was, I guess. Um, I have worked some, on some of my New Year resolution and I am actually regularly going for Pilates these days. And oh, wow. The,
0: what grades do you have now? Great.
2: Uh, yeah. Oh, oh, my God. Yes. Okay, so for those who don't know, I get marked after, (laughs) sorry, this is too funny. I get marked by my trainer after every Pilates session, and the last time, like the first time that I got marked, uh, I got a mark of like 69, which was really funny, (laughs) Um, but now I'm on 89, 89 oh i know i know that's
1: amazing that's such an improvement it's so
2: cool. that's it's 20,
1: 20 marks yes that's 20 marks and extra. it's almost 100 that's a first ah that's that's your marking sheet oh my god this is very
0: professional oh she really has a mark oh my god <laughs>
2: yes. that's crazy it gives me, uh, it gives me marks uh, they give me marks on posture upper body strength core strength flexibility um, endurance stamina energy all oh kinds of se- other sexual parameters. <laughs> and what did you definitely- get in flexibility? Um, <laughs> I like that that's the one you <laughs> asked about. Let me, oh, let me check. Flexibility, 90. Oh, 90. <gasps> wow. You're basically right? Anna. Oh my you. God. <laughs> I'm really happy about, I think this is the only thing that makes me happy these days. Uh, but because we're discussing fieldwork today, I don't know, maybe the entire session would be mental health check but oh another update i got my ethics approved that That took so long uh but that's that's happened so everything is happening right now like everything is in motion because Mm -hmm. i was waiting Mm -hmm. for it to be approved and well it took ages anyway enough uh how is everybody else's mental health
0: I want to ask you more questions, but I guess they're fieldwork based. So yeah, so wait right. for
1: it. Um, yeah. uh, mental health, I think I'm okay. I, my physical health is going a bit up and down depending on, on the day, basically. Uh, but I think because I'm really busy with fieldwork, I don't have time to think about my mental health. Sure. Does that make sense? So I'd say it's mostly okay. Mm-hmm. I feel productive, but I think that's because I have something to do and something to, to prepare for that is not only writing and it True. sort of drives me like okay i need to prepare for this interview i need to get up and do this because i don't have an option not to do it because i'll interview this person and then i'll mm-hmm. it will be ridiculous if i don't know what to ask them uh, so i think that kind of keeps me going for now so i'd say i'm okay
2: cool if That's
0: that good. makes sense yes um, i don't know if you should clap should
2: we clap no no, no. but everyone's mental health check sounds like a red flag like yes <laughs> it's like a lot of red flags her, it's like such a she's like i'm not thinking about my mental health because i have more immediate things to do <laughs> mm-hmm. i don't know how i feel about
0: that but yeah yeah so my mental health check yeah i'm overwhelmed i do not work well at doing things i'm not a doer i'm a thinker
1: okay really right
0: really yes i'm a thinker i'm okay. a writer i am okay. not a doer so okay. i was giving it like too much, like last year, I was like, I'm gonna do this phase of my research, then this, and I'm gonna do this. And then I propose to do this and that. And I'm gonna make sure I'm ethical when I do all of that. Mm -hmm. And now I have to do all the stuff I said I was gonna do. (laughs) Like before I was like, that's future me's problem. And now I am present me. So I'm like, no, No. I, I, I hate this. I hate that there's so many moving parts to my stuff. I hate, I'm a write like in third year, I'm going to really enjoy it. I know I'm going to enjoy it so much more than I enjoy this year, because mm-hmm. all I have to do is analyze and write. That's like my favorite part of research rather than mm-hmm. the doing of it. I'll probably look back on this time very fondly. Okay. Right. I would look back on it like, oh, remember when I was out in the fields interviewing <laughs> and doing this and doing that, but now I hate it. People are not replying to my emails. Well, no, actually, they started replying yesterday. Wow. So, yeah, I guess that gives me a little bit more hope. But Mm -hmm. I have to talk to finance. Oh. I found out I have 3,000 in my RTSG. Why do you have 3,000?
1: I thought it's 2,000 max
2: or something. No, I
0: have 3,000. I I emailed the finance people and he said you have 3,000 nice until the end that's of the so page. good
2: can you give me some thank no. you yeah, and that i'm will using be
0: nice. i'm going to incentivize my participants myself with the grant okay so that's like 200 pounds gone but like that's a
2: good that's a good call yeah no, uh, because uh, the people who've uh, done it through the department told me that it was such a difficult process because once you do what you do with your own money which is basically the stipend that you get nobody's going to come and ask you where have you spent it or whatever later Mm -hmm. on obviously, you can have receipts and everything and show that you've spent some money but you don't have to i don't know go through different processes but if you do it through the department apparently they take so long Mm -hmm. to actually get to the participants accounts Mm -hmm. at least
0: our department. So. I'm doing it through vouchers because it makes mm. it easier.
2: But are, you, terms are of you giving them the own... money? Hmm? Are you spending your own money?
0: No, not my own money, my own support grant. Like the oh, RTSG, so I'm using that. Through the department. Yeah. yeah. So I was mm-hmm. like, I'm going to do it through vouchers because then at least they get the voucher quite easy. Like it's easy for them that to is, buy vouchers and then me take them the, and, give, and it, give it to other then people them giving me the money itself they're yes. going to take ages mm. they're probably not going to want to part ways with their money mm-hmm.
2: right you so, should talk
0: about people yeah
2: in the department right. i don't know about other departments i think other departments might be easier yeah
0: i have no idea you probably not, not I, I think anyone. the university in general would not like to give people money
1: yes
2: cold yes. hard
0: cash I mean like
2: mm-hmm. oh, a voucher wow. is
0: like a thing you buy so they would likely give you that
2: because it's a thing and it comes products. from a place of distrust I'm sure right from a place of like oh we don't know where you're gonna spend that money so we don't want to give it to you. We we just want to give you love to shop right ensure that you have these options mm-hmm. to, and it, so yeah It's very aggravating, but it is what it is.
0: That is a field work thing, so we will talk about it later. Yes. But outside of that, yes, I'm just overwhelmed. I think I have spread myself too thinly this year. And I'm going on holiday next week, so I don't care. So there we go.
1: Holiday, holiday, holiday.
0: I'm I'm doing what Anran has done. So Uh Anran is in China now, and she set this thing up on Google Meets to automatically decline any invites, and I shall be doing that.
1: I mean, yeah, I've done that before, too.
0: I've never done that. I didn't even know that existed. And I shall now be... Mm-hmm. That's now my holy grail.
1: Yes. So. It's amazing because it's like you don't even get the invitation. No. You you don't have to look at it. It's not happening. Mm-hmm. You've declined mm-hmm. and that's it. Mm-hmm. And I constantly don't know if I should be looking at Marisa or I should be looking at Pragya that is there or, or the at camera. the camera. Yes. Or, or Pragya, Pragya here. Right. <laughs> so I'm like, if I'm turning around, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I don't
2: You'll get used to purposes.
0: it. It makes more sense to look at Pragya like this.
1: Like, that's but then it, yeah. at the same
0: time because then you are looking down yeah
1: but also the camera is looking at us yeah. like the my hair if true. i'm looking at pragya right true so please let us know Where do you want us to look at
0: <laughs> yeah because if we book this again will we book this again i we'll think see. this is
1: kind of fun if we know how the setup goes yes. we can just come in and set it up in five minutes true that's it but today it was a bit complicated today,
0: today was ridiculous yeah we'll, one day we'll no we won't anyway where are you
2: going for holiday i'm
0: going to turkey
2: <gasps> i love it with your mom right
0: yes with my mother
2: oh, that's so that's nice amazing. yeah
0: yeah we have our birthdays are very close so we're like let's do a trip that encompasses both. i'm
2: jealous i'm mm-hmm. yeah, be jealous because i always
1: wanted to go to turkey but like, i really want to go to turkey as well and it's kind of ridiculous that i haven't been i yeah it's yeah, kind of ridiculous it's really been. complicated it's to go from to cyprus, cyprus. Mm. Oh, really because I have two options oh. the one option is that I go from the airport in the north part of Cyprus but uh. that's sort of considered illegal yeah and it it is like is a person there is nice and doesn't stop my passport that's okay but if they Mm -hmm. decide to stamp my passport then it gets complicated later on Mm. so it's a bit like should I do that because there's no direct flights from the south part of Cyprus to Turkey so if I Mm. wanted to go from there I'd have to travel to somewhere else let's say maybe Athens Mm -hmm. and then from Athens to Turkey while Turkey is like Mm. half an hour away in a flight it's very close to Cyprus yeah yeah so it's like that choice just makes it a bit harder yeah yeah build work disclaimer we tried to record this before
0: yes and it actually was a successful episode
1: it was a really nice conversation was it
0: and then I fucked it right so (laughs) (laughs) I went to play it back like oh let me edit it and like I was talking I was like hi everyone (laughs) yeah (laughs) and that's how the recording sounded and so I was like I can't do this okay so
2: Mm -hmm. we're redoing
0: this uh this is not as Oh, no, it could be as sexy as the last one, but the last one was actually really, really nice. Yes.
2: But can I say something before we start? Yes. Happy Valentine's Day to everyone. Okay.
0: We don't acknowledge that in my house. Why? Because it's my
2: I wore a green fucking heart because I thought this was during Valentine's Day or sometime. No,
0: Valentine's Day doesn't exist here.
1: I mean, I'm going for dinner with my husband, but still, it doesn't exist.
0: Yeah, it's Marismas. She's going on a Marismas dinner.
2: Oh, I forgot. Yeah. About yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> happy Marismas. Happy Marismas I to still, everyone. To you and yours. I still haven't gotten you new something from your list. So.
0: Oh, my God. So, the only person who's given me a present so far is Anna. <laughs> and I opened it. I need to actually text her <laughs>
1: What what the the hell hell She's dying. I don't know what what Anna got you.
0: So she got me a book, right? Okay, sure. Right. Fine. Uh huh. The book is on. It's called. It's-, it's recipes for plant based yeah. milks.
1: <laughs> milks. How to make different
0: <laughs> plant based milks. Did you have that on your list? <laughs> no she bought it before i published the list okay nice but i it was so funny to me i was like she is so tired of my bowels like <laughs> she said here is a book so you can get an almond and, and milk make milk, milk out of.
1: like it. old milk isn't like a pound or something and you <laughs> can make it on your own like i mean if you want and you have the time of course do it but like
0: <laughs> oh my god she's so fun. there's so many different milks in there there's milks i've never heard of in there Yeah, okay, nice <laughs> um field work okay so yeah how we're going to do it everyone is this Uh, is why i look into the camera okay how we're going to do it is we are going to talk about we're going to give you a recap on our research what it is um what we proposed, our methodology was going to be and what we're currently doing with our field work where we're at how we feel yeah etc does yes. that work for you
1: yeah i hope that works because they can't be really the yeah, answer
0: but let's say they said yes, yes. emphatically okay emphatically
1: like yes
0: great like Woo! you know like in kids shows when they're like
1: do you like it yeah so do we like that yeah mm-hmm. so um i also hope that we will have more fieldwork episodes in the future mm-hmm. so like in a way check ins to see what has changed what we're doing etc yes. so this is like part one of the fieldwork Exactly. series if I might call it like that that sounds a bit ridiculous I
2: don't no, know it's good. if it's we good. should
0: I don't know if we should start with Fragia or yes. end with Fragia but Pragya is on one of the ends
2: yes end.
1: end okay end with her okay so we're starting with you I think so because yes. mine is very <laughs> fresh <laughs> nothing is
0: happening <laughs> <laughs> okay okay Oh, yes. okay so i am right so my research recap is looking at racial health inequalities within blood cancer specifically how one charity organization conceptualizes what blood cancer is in their policies so like what do they say about blood cancer how do they frame it not blood cancer sorry inequalities so what do they say how do they frame it um what do they say they should be doing about it that sort of stuff and then also how they conceptualize it in their practices so you can your policy can say whatever it wants but what do you actually do like how do you conceptualize it through the way you do your things right so i'll be interviewing well actually i'll talk about how i'll do that after um so that's two of my aims and then one of my aims is just to look intersectionally at the um experiences of blood cancer patients who are racially or ethnically minoritized so those are my three and my method is so to look at the policy i will be literally looking at the policy which i am currently doing we'll talk about that after Mm -hmm. so i'm reading through their policy documents and i am pretty much analyzing it yeah like i was gonna do a frame analysis do i have to say all that i was gonna do a frame analysis which is a whole theory where you've got these things called frames, which if you do psychology is very similar to schemas and it's like this whole thing. But it wasn't for me. So I was like... Is
1: it like themes and topics or like... It's like you will have like a
0: frame, like the race frame. And it's like, what do people...
1: How do they talk about race
0: in their documents? Yeah, like how do they frame it? What are the assumptions that are made in these things out of... Mm -hmm. But it seemed very when I was reading up about it, nobody really explains how to do a frame analysis. Yeah, and it
1: seemed to academia. We did this thing and we're not telling you how you did it. Yeah. So how we did it. So you need to reinvent the wheel, a wheel again and again. Right. <laughs> and I
0: was like, I don't want to say I'm doing this thing. Mm-hmm. And then my whole thing was, my whole method was wrong and I didn't actually do the thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm just, kind of like I want to throw it to the side now. And it seemed very deductive. It seemed like there is this frame Mm -hmm. and there are connotations that come with that frame and you have to see if everything fits into that frame. Okay. And I didn't want to do that. I wanted to be inductive and be like, what does the data tell me about Mm -hmm. the thing? Right. So I've thrown that to the side and I think I'm just going to do a normal thematic analysis now. Okay. I'm not no fancy frills. Right. So that's what I'm doing now is I'm looking at policies. I'm also looking at practices, and I'm gonna be doing that through interviews with um, staff, so uh, staff from the charity, and by also analyzing documents from the Mm -hmm. charity, but like things like leaflets that they give to patients, or, um, you know, the generic transcripts they have for support calls and stuff like that. So that is what I'm also doing kind of concurrently with looking at the policy and just looking at all these documents at once. Okay. and i'm also going to be interviewing patients um which i have sent out my advertisement mm-hmm. i need to do an instagram post for it like an actual post yes that sticks there <sighs> i can't be bothered i've done a facebook post i've done two twitter posts and i am now talking to the charity to help me do the recruitment so okay. i've been emailing them for ages and they've been replying and now they've replied so, I'm oh, like, so they've
1: replied now this okay week. <laughs> perfect amazing <laughs> Um, since October.
0: Okay, week.
1: since October. Oh my God, that is like a reply time of uh, like four months or I don't know, I can't even count months.
0: It got to a point where I was like, I'll just do, I'll go alone. Yes. <laughs> I'll go out on my own. I'll be my own person. Yeah. Because I'm tired. <laughs> like, um, but honestly, I was like. This week i was like you know what i'll follow up again just just for the background mm-hmm. see what happens and they asked did you me, get oh,
2: any people from the from the advertisements
0: no but you just did I it like two days ago sharing it yeah yeah that's true but i've had people sharing it but not people saying hey i want to do it although mm-hmm. i don't have notifications for any of my apps apart from whatsapp and text probably you should so i should really go and t- check yes <laughs> I because I, I keep forgetting that I put it on Facebook because mm-hmm. I don't I don't use Facebook at all. Mm-hmm. So I really should check Facebook and
1: have you put it at all in any uh, Facebook groups because I know Facebook mm. groups are really important for this sort of thing yeah. so there might be Facebook blood, groups cancer, blood cancer patients yeah. like a support group and usually even if for research because I'm part of other sorts of groups like our community uh, groups and stuff I like that. Think about that but if you do it usually you need to ask the mods of the page yeah. to allow you mm-hmm. to post for research but I'm sure they will because it's a funded research project it yeah. has an ethics review and everything mm-hmm. so probably yeah. and those people like to talk.
0: Right. Like that's why they are on
1: Facebook to talk and share their experiences with that each other. True. So I think that might be useful.
0: That um blood cancer UK also has a forum. Okay. So yeah. I want to use that too
1: mm-hmm. and, and Reddit. I don't Reddit. Know. Have
0: yes.
2: You read
1: it? I think you oh, should yeah. put it on Reddit too. Reddit like there might be a blood cancer UK, blood patients, yeah, whatever. That uh, is true. or a Reddit cancer is very... subreddit and people on there yeah. talk, right? So That's, at least you'll yeah. get some people that would want to talk with you.
2: Yeah, that is true. Mm-hmm. I should also and it's some- more anonymous. TikTok, yes, it's, like, um, it's,
0: it's anonymous people. for them, not for me. Uh, like my name is yeah, on the yeah, other yeah. side. No, you're <laughs> to,
2: yeah, but like uh them, there can be more interaction, I guess. Like on Facebook, yeah. I would imagine because you have your name mostly um that you would be a bit like, oh, I don't know if I should co- comment. On this post or whatever, but like, right, their... but they can DM me, sort of thing. But I
0: understand what you're saying. It's yeah, true. yeah, so shout out to Charlotte in our department. Everyone knows Charlotte. You know yes, Charlotte. we you don't know, really... know Charlotte. Um, she has a laminator. I'm so, oh, wow, I have laminated my recruitment. I'm so jealous right now. Like,
2: <laughs> I love laminators. It's,
0: it it's purple, right? And it printed out blue, and I don't know why that's the case, but that's it blue. It's yeah. nice,
1: blue is fine. Like,
0: so i'm gonna go to so there's an organization oh, sorry throwing the pops away there's an organization in sheffield called sadaka mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. and they have
0: this big fuck off building apparently so i want to go there and put the laminated... ah, we we're
1: gonna go to the thing the caribbean festival thing oh is that in yes that's sadaka oh yeah 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 anyway yeah. um any thoughts about what you're doing until now Is there something that was very challenging or easy or any tips or something that you would have done completely differently if you were planning your project again? Um, Recruitment,
0: I would say I'm happy that I have an organisation backing me or I Mm -hmm. probably wouldn't get any interviews, if I'm honest. So I'm happy that they finally responded to me. And, um, yeah, I think I would be... If I was to do it again, I'd be a bit more proactive. I know I've just kind of started, but I would be a bit more proactive and go to other charities as well, because there's multiple different blood cancer charities. Um, For instance, there's African Caribbean Leukemia Trust, which is a big charity, and I haven't contacted them yet because I've been waiting on the charity that I'm working with Mm -hmm. to contact them on my behalf. Okay, Because it's more...
1: Official. Yeah. Yes.
0: And so they're more likely to be listened to, but I wish Mm -hmm. I kind of did it myself because I then I'm not dependent on them
1: mm-hmm.
0: right so there's that I'm currently as I said analyzing policy and okay so this is kind of controversial
1: <laughs> here we go
0: <laughs> but I it. I feel like organizations <laughs> tend to be especially organizations that um commission things like this mm-hmm. tend to be quite performative in it they usually do it around I mean right especially private ones at least this is a charity but like you know organizations tend to you know see what the bandwagon is right Mm -hmm. something has happened
1: yeah or what do people want to hear yeah and then that's what i tell you
0: right and Mm -hmm. um i was i saw a paper the other day on twitter about how black death starts like yeah black death makes dei or edi whatever you call it diversity Mm -hmm. equity and inclusion Mm -hmm. get taken seriously in organizations it, like it always has to result in like some dead black body right okay <laughs> for someone to do something mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i thought of my project and my project was commissioned because george floyd died right okay. and they actually said it like in light of george floyd and blah 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 blah, and then it made me which is i've always thought that it is performative in that respect mm-hmm however when i did say it once i said it once in when we had to do our department presentations on our projects mm-hmm. i said it once and i was like told like do you really think it's performative and i was like i mean yeah like mm-hmm. it's, it's activism same like the same way but it's still like a perform- it comes from a performative place right um even if it's now genuine there was mm-hmm. there was a performative basis to it is what i'm trying to say um And so then I was told after that, that maybe I shouldn't ever say that again. Okay. And because Mm. of that, I think I've internalized that a bit. Because I think it's a genuine critique. And I've internalized that I shouldn't say it again. Despite the fact that I'm now saying it again. However, I now feel like I can't critique them as well as I, as openly as I want to. I feel like it's set a precedent that I can only critique to a certain level. It wasn't the charity themselves that said it um but yeah the people that said it are people right yes yes and then some form of
1: and they are also important people in in your project right yeah yeah so i'm like Mm. because
0: they said that yeah it sets a precedent to me that there's a Mm -hmm. certain level of critique i can do and i can only go so far to maintain a relationship that i have with the organization right because you don't want to like Muddy the waters, basically. You want everything to be smooth. But the whole point of my project is to critique the organization mm-hmm. and see how they can improve themselves. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of feel lost when I'm analyzing my papers, be, analyzing their policies, should I say, because there are sometimes, sometimes I'm like, am I being too harsh when I say this or see this or like, like, this is my genuine critique, but am I doing too much, basically? Am like, I being too negative?
1: Like, my my two cents, that yeah. probably don't matter at all, <laughs> because it's, like, two cents. But, like, I'd say, if it's... Okay, if it was your assumption and you were assuming this mm-hmm. before you started on doing your fieldwork, that's one mm-hmm. thing, right? But if your assumption comes out from the data and from your documents, that's a different thing. That's a research output, uh, like right. an outcome, something that you find out. And it's really like you cannot kind of just disregard it
0: right so yeah. i'm writing them down but do you know like what i'm doing is i'm writing it down in the way i would speak it okay rather than how i would academically write okay. it, okay because i feel like when i speak normally mm-hmm. i'm quite blunt in what i say mm-hmm. so if i write it how i would say it it makes it feel less like i'm quelling myself yes. i can't explain what it's a psychology thing i mm-hmm. guess but that is what i'm doing okay but it is a problem that i'm like second guessing what i'm reading and how i feel about it and mm-hmm. so i think that's just something i have to get over while I, i'm doing this
1: yeah i think it's also conversation about bias and positionality that comes in yeah because they always tell you you shouldn't be biased when you're doing research mm-hmm. but when you're doing especially qualitative research and quantitative as well but especially mm-hmm. qualitative i feel like bias is like it's <laughs> it's you Everyone is biased, obviously, because you do this project for a reason Mm -hmm. and you have your thoughts and you're a person and you can't just remove that and put it to the side completely. So it's always going to be there. And it's about like saying what your assumptions were. So if it was me, I would tell you, you should say that this was your assumption Mm -hmm. and that you're checking. Like, I think it's a really interesting thing also to see that that's where you started from. Yeah. And how that manifests or doesn't manifest. But, like, yeah.
2: Which, Especially yeah. in the context that you're living in. I mean, yes. it's very na- natural to be more, um, I, what is that word, where you're very, like, um, suspicious about everything? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Unlike, I don't
0: know. No,
2: oh. not, like you just, yeah, you would, you would. Uh,
1: Critical yeah you you're not yeah. to question because you don't know if someone is being genuine you know they're just doing it for the for the face of it or something right but uh, most
2: things in the world is for the face of it uh, unfortunately at least like right now we, mm-hmm. we're seeing the war in
1: Palestine, yeah.
2: like all those things, and i mean I really do um respect. I don't know i do respect like representation of support and solidarity but at the end of the day what are we actually doing and how much power do we actually have to do anything and that's just yeah yeah Yeah. it's great i I think that's like the i don't know the truth about academia and especially Mm -hmm. about this i feel like academia makes you lose your sharpness in like what Mm -hmm.
0: yeah your radicalness
2: yeah, and, and a lot yeah. of black women um, academics actually have written about it, about how like they were forced to, I don't know. Tone it down. Tone it down and not say things very directly and like, you know, represent data. Even the even the fact that there's, a, there's this requirement for you to prove your intuitions is like mm. something academia is like you have to, prove it even if you mm-hmm. mm. you know it anyway but yeah no yeah i would say i would say just like uh if you feel something just go with that feeling like especially because you're yeah. because i know the other people involved too i think you're in a better position to really understand the organization and the people who are working there better i guess than mm-hmm. others it's just but like Lara said, it's just about positionality. Like, yeah, uh, for a white person, this might just be a project. For you, it's just, it's more than that. I would imagine it's more personal mm. than that. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. I'd also
1: say maybe it's an interesting thing to talk about with the people that you interview, if it comes up, actually. Yeah. Do they perceive it like the organization is supporting them properly? Or mm-hmm. do they just perceive that they're just saying this to say it and to be like,
0: right? You know, why do you like I have some questions because I've already done my interview mm-hmm. guide as well so like I do have questions around like the perceptions of organizations like mm-hmm. this and mm-hmm. how they interact with them and why they don't mm-hmm. or why they do and mm-hmm. stuff like that so yeah but I think another way to get around it as well is to also look at the temporal aspect of things because I feel like if this is my theory I guess mm. um one of my supervisors actually said this to me I should look at it temporarily. So. George Floyd died in 2020 and all this happened and all this yeah all this EDI stuff happened so if I like make 2020 like an anchor year Mm and everything that happened like compare everything that happened after with everything that happened before Mm -hmm.
1: Mm.
0: in terms of its relation to performatism I guess is performatism a word did I make that up
1: I think it is okay I I don't know if it has another syllable performativism performativism Performativism. yeah maybe I don't know but i just make whatever. Sure yes a, even when okay. i
0: speak spanish i just make words up <laughs>
1: but like, that makes sense because you got no spanish but, <laughs> but,
0: but it's your so like, language <laughs> i've been talking to people on the app and i'll be like i know how the, how the word generally goes so i'm just gonna
2: in what stuff. app
0: oh i have this app where i talk to spanish spanish people. speakers okay and they learn english from me
2: and i learn spanish from okay them, nice cool. like, that sounds shady as fuck. No, no it's
1: like a pure learning situation yeah
2: but anyway
0: enough of me let's talk about you laura oh no What <laughs> do i leaned in like that yeah. So. yeah
1: um okay what is my phd about i always get like a Ugh, when i need to say this okay so it basically has three main components if we're talking more in a theoretical sense mm-hmm. the first thing is that i'm looking into a uh, context usually urban context or so cities around the world everywhere in the world mm-hmm. um ev- like literally everywhere Uh, that have some sort of conflict or contestation in the territory. And this might be, it starts from cases such as the one of Cyprus that is contested because of uh, war and it's basically an ethno-national division. And there's other cases that are similar to that as well. Uh, But it also talks about conflict and contestation in other ways that perhaps might be uh, because uh, you have a city that is seen by its residents Uh, depending on who they are and what their I don't know intersectional positionalities as completely different to each other. So there are many divided imaginaries, or people uh, don't have access to housing or other basic needs. So there is—it's just about places in the world where there is a lot of shit happening, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is basically you could say that every city in that sense is divided, mm-hmm. but it's somewhere where and specific places in cities that contestation is quite high. Right, and then I'm looking. I'm finding practices of that are uh, spatial practices. So they might be architects, uh, they might be artists that work with space uh, in different ways. They might be urbanists, urban designers, planners, et uh, But these are small practices that are sort of uh, not doing traditionally the work that an architect or urbanist would do, mm-hmm. uh, but they're more like on the edges of the discipline and they do different things using the tools of architecture. Uh, so that's sort of the context of Um, my project, but what I'm specifically looking into uh, is this idea of the radical imagination that is a very theoretical idea, but I'm sort of trying to link it to actions and to practice in real life. Uh, And this basically means it's the ability to say like things, um, because we always have this, um, there is no alternative thing going on. Like, and it's like a Thatcher thing that she always used to say, but basically there is no alternative to capitalism or there is no alternative to any of the struggles Mm -hmm. that are happening or to your city being divided or to you not having Mm -hmm. access to housing, right? So this is a mentality that is, very much uh, prevalent now when we're living because there's so much shit happening even to the ecological crisis and stuff like that in the world and radical imagination is the ability to say okay this shit uh, is not like it should be, things should Mm. be differently and at some point in the future they can be differently but it's Mm. also the ability to imagine how they could be in the future and bring small parts and small pockets of that future back to the present and imply Mm. them now so I'm looking for practices that I think are doing this thing actively in the present. Like they're doing this figurative way of bringing things of what they imagine commonly with communities and with people, and like implying them in the present. And importantly, this is not something that they say they do. This is mm-hmm. like my interpretation of what they do. So no one in my field right. or none of these practices talk about the radical imagination. Uh, so this is yeah. not something that, but this is something because I was involved in a practice that was quite similar. And that is also one of the case studies in a way. And I noticed that this is what we were doing. This was my experience and where I'm starting from. So I'm through my PG. I'm trying to test if this uh, theoretical notion that is also very practice based is relevant to them as well and how it could support the work but also how it could reframe their work etc so it's at the same time very theoretical and very practical and it's about linking oh my god i just hit the mic sorry it's about linking (laughs) uh, these two things together so for my field work what i'm doing i basically have three main phases uh, which are the first phase i call it's confronting the radical imagination, which means I interview a lot of practices like that I identified that are in this realm. And I talk with them. We reflect together about their uh, past practice and what they were doing, what they are doing now and about these areas that I'm interested in. But then I also tell them, okay, this is what radical imagination is. Does that make sense to you? And it's a discussion about that.
0: Right. So it's confronting
1: mm. them with this idea and seeing if it makes sense to them or what it means to them and how I can start reframing it through their ideas or through their understanding and through their mm-hmm. practice. Uh, so it's a bit of a testing pad and this will also be um, online. So I will post these interviews. So if someone for some reason wants to talk to listen to this, they can. But the main idea is that these people... Uh, They work very isolated in a lot of different places around the world. And I have practiced from everywhere in the world. And they, it's sometimes many times you think that you are alone in this and there's no one that understands what you're doing or the struggles that you're going through. So for me, it's also an opportunity that they can listen to each other's interviews as well. Also, they can connect through that as well. Uh, so in the second phase that's exactly what i'm doing so the idea is when the while i'm doing the interviews i'm sort of doing a preliminary analysis Mm -hmm. and then i will have some outputs from that and in the second phase of the interview it's basically a small symposium or a seminar where i will invite people from the different practices maybe not all of them but as many as i don't know are available Mm -hmm. uh, to come together in the same call or whatever and i will tell them the things that I found out and we will have prompts to discuss, to have a general discussion uh, about the things that I found out. Uh, it's basically like a focus group, but it's more on a seminar, symposium basis because mm-hmm. I'm trying to keep everything open for mm-hmm. other people to join the conversation also that are not my participants so people can come to the symposium and just sit and listen to it right, right. and join the conversations so it's more like i'm not trying to create knowledge of my own but i'm yeah. trying to create the spaces where people come together that people that otherwise wouldn't talk to each other and discuss yeah. this and that's the knowledge of the project so, so i'm so just that's the. i guess it's
0: like your project mm-hmm. in and of itself in that one Yes. Phase, if that makes sense, because mm-hmm. you're talking about creating spaces. Yes,
1: to exactly.
0: Radically imagine yeah. That is not obviously. Again, I'm doing it again. Yeah. Basic
1: yes that's the whole point so it's in a way um it's in a way I call it I reflect on what they are doing and I do the same thing in my project right and that's really important for me because mm. that's also how I see co-production not in general yeah. but in this project because I'm not telling okay I'll ask you a bunch of questions and then I analyze what you said without you having any idea of how I'm analyzing exactly. this but this is about us being together and talking and producing knowledge together in mm. in the spot right mm-hmm. and me then just like organizing all of this knowledge to an output that might be useful to you as well. Right, Uh, And then I have a third phase that actually I'm not sure if it will happen because I've been talking about this with my supervisor. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the idea was that I would choose one or two of these practices and I would go during the summer months for a couple of weeks to each on ground to what Mm -hmm. they're doing and try to take all of these things that I learned and see how they are actually applied uh, in person, like ground them, situate situate them to a proper place, like to a specific spot. I still think this is a very important part of my project but what we've kind of understood is that my project could stop before that for the PhD and this last part could be a perfect postdoc opportunity yeah. or a oh, wow. research project right uh, so that's an a, idea i don't know what will happen in the end but it will depend on on how the time is going mm. um because i really want to do that and i'm talking with all these cool people i'm like i really want to go and see what yeah. they're doing in person but i'm not sure if i would do it to a good enough level mm. um in in this short time frame that's right
0: thing so like what would you prefer then would you prefer to do it within the phd
1: i mean i really want to do it and i'd yeah. love to do it but i i know that for many different reasons first of all time reasons that i'm not sure if it maybe it's not worth it to just go for a week or two. Maybe I should go there and stay two months, yeah. right? Or, um, But I'm also dealing with some health issues mm-hmm. uh, that um, need me to be in a very specific routine. And when I go out of that routine, even a little bit, then my health just gets much worse. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's about me t- saying, okay, maybe I can't do this. Like My body mm-hmm. cannot do this right now. And it's better for me to do more interviews or to stop before that. And then rather than stress myself in doing that and then being worse health-wise, right? So mm. I think it's, it, we will see how it will go. But it's I think both could be a, a possibility. And I don't think that my project can't stand without that. Like, right. I think it will be still be okay and, like, very comprehensive without it. And maybe yeah. I'm planning to do too much, which I always do anyway <laughs> uh yeah so what i'm doing right now so i have started recruitment and i have started interviews i have had um, maybe five already uh, yes which is very exciting yeah. i i didn't say i i'm also having some interviews with people Uh, that are very uh, important theoretically that Mm. write very important things that have to do with my project
2: Mm. and somehow
1: I found a connection with them so I'm reading their books and their papers but Mm -hmm. then I also have an opportunity to have a conversation with them and be Mm. like okay this is what my project is about this is what you say does this make sense just like Mm. slap me in the back right (laughs) Uh, and I think that's interesting as well because I mean, it's a little bit like I'm networking with people through my project, yeah. or creating networks of people that that talk about similar things that don't know each other. Uh, yeah, but I've I've had a
2: bunch. And what of is the composition of uh, of these people? Like, I I just want to know like where are they? Like okay. Cards well, and it's okay. So for
1: now, I've interviewed a person in Mexico, a mm. practice in Bangladesh and a practice in Lisbon in Portugal. Wow. And I have uh, Indonesia, Colombia, UK, Cyprus, uh, Ireland, um, pr- hopefully somewhere in the Middle East. Preferably yeah. Palestine, but I don't want to push that because people from Palestine, as you can, mm. obviously, maybe don't have the time or the will to talk to me right now, which is completely yeah. fine. Uh, but it might also be Lebanon, for example. So, um, and I'm still like uh, spreading out. And what is interesting is that when I'm talking to people and they're like, oh, this is so cool, you should talk to this person. So no, people keep giving that. me the, the names of other people. Mm-hmm. So it's just expanding and expanding. And I'm like, I think it will be really hard for me at some point to say, okay, this is enough. Mm-hmm. I've done enough interviews. Mm-hmm. I should stop here uh, because like I'm excited and I want to do more, but like mm-hmm. you need to stop at some point. Mm-hmm. And I think it be the case with you too, maybe, mm-hmm. while you're doing interviews. Uh, but it is quite exciting and the conversations are going well, I think. Uh, I think it's a little bit hard because interviewing is like um it's like a skill that you need to have. Yeah. Like definitely. it's a different thing that how you plan it in theory, and it's a different thing of how you do it.
2: And yeah, I've
1: done it before, so I'm quite confident, but still it's not always going the way I would like want it. Mm-hmm. like then it ends end I'm like oh my god I should have pushed more on that or I should have yeah. asked something else or I didn't really get what I was looking the answers mm-hmm. like the, to the questions I was looking for uh but it's about preparation I guess
0: yeah What's yeah. in your interviews back that's always like the biggest yeah, critique it's, that you have it's a yourself. cringe
1: like,
2: why did you say that or
0: why did you say it like this why did yeah. you not ask More about But I
2: think with practice it (laughs) might just get better because that's what I've heard from most, I don't know, qualitative researchers. They're like first interview was horrible and but then you know it just got better.
1: I mean I noticed it in me. Like I think Mm. in from the start to the fifth interview that I did it 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 became better.
0: Mm -hmm. But I think the general critique that you you have of yourself will never stop happening. No when you're in no no no.
2: I mean that's a good thing,
0: right? You get better at your specific interview that you're doing at that time Mm -hmm. because obviously you start with your discussion guide or whatever Mm -hmm. but life never goes the way your discussion Mm -hmm. guide goes and then that's when you can make your alterations and evolve I guess in that project.
1: I think one of my problems with the interviews Mm -hmm. is that I um, spend a little bit too much time on the discussion guide Right. Which makes me a little bit, like, I want this to be a free-flowing conversation, and it is, but at some points, because I'm tired or because I'm just, like, stuck Mm. in my head, I'm like, okay, this is the next thing I have to ask. Yeah. Right? And then I ask it, and I'm like, I shouldn't have asked that. I should have asked something completely different. Uh,
2: So, so I think...
1: it's a balance of like, you should be prepared and prepared as much as you can, but you should also not take that as the Bible and like have to follow it with every single line, right? Yeah. Yeah
0: like it's it's is that a prompt conversation not be the conversation yes exactly yeah Yeah. so i
1: think that's about balancing it a little Mm. bit and obviously each person that you talk to is completely different so the vibe of each interview is completely different and some of them we're just chatting like i'm chatting with you now and some others it's like i need to ask a question for the person to respond yeah Mm. i Mm. don't ask a question they will Mm. not respond like they will not
0: as social and yeah it, it
1: depends on the person and also on the dynamics and the power dynamics yeah. that you have with them
2: right.
1: uh, yeah so the one of the first interviews that I did is with um, Max Hiven, that is the person that writes about the radical imagination ah. in the way that I'm using it in my project so I'm mm. like continuing his work in a way and nice. I was very excited for that interview but it was slightly awkward and I don't mind saying this yeah. and the reason is that I think I went in like really excited about this and i think he was also excited to see what i'm doing Mm -hmm. but it didn't really click Mm -hmm. in in that way but also he's like more established he wrote the book and now i'm just a, a student that is taking his work and continuing it so it was not that i don't know it wasn't the vibe that i expected it to be but how did you feel about like
0: that's his thing yes you've taken his thing, and you're doing his thing. But that's why academics
1: do things, right?
0: But did you feel a power imbalance on the other side, where, like, he was the authority and you were like...
1: Yes. I feel that in a lot of my interviews. Right. Because the people that I interview, a lot of them are also academics, but they're professionals, they do a lot of work... uh, some of them people know them really well they Mm. won awards so they're all quite uh, people that are quite prominent in what they're doing and for me it's also a a thing of saying look I'm not just another PhD student I'm someone that does the same work that you're doing Mm -hmm. and from Mm. that I started this PhD project so it's like trying to put me on their level in a way and Mm. put them down so it's just like I'm not here to interview you I'm here to have a conversation with you about the work and right. what we share and how I approach your work right uh so i i'm tra- that's how I'm trying to do it and another way that I'm trying to get this is in my interviews, I always have this pdf that has a great of different images or quotes uh, that i can click on and use as prompts in the interview and Mm. these are things that they have said or done previously so i go through all of their work and through their projects and through other interviews or lectures that they gave and there's youtube recordings or podcasts that they did and i listen Mm. to them and then i grab things that are interesting to my project or relevant to my project and then i'm like look you said this thing what do you mean right or has this changed because you said that 10 years ago like how do you think now about that and i think that when they realize that i'm doing like oprah
0: yeah i guess yeah
1: Yeah, but I think when I'm doing that, I'm and when I do it properly, because sometimes it doesn't work out during the interview, right? How do you know? Uh, Yes, (laughs) but also it's like, ah, this person has put effort and has read my things and knows what I'm doing. So I don't need to describe all of my work to them. Yeah. uh, But I don't need to explain all of my projects, but I can Mm. just, we can just have a conversation that is more in depth. But sometimes Mm. it doesn't work out as well. Uh, Yeah.
0: I was going to ask actually culturally yes. do you find um do you find your interviews tough I guess because they're from people all over the world right mm-hmm. and so someone from Lisbon is not going to be the same as someone from Lebanon who's mm-hmm. not the same as someone from Mexico etc yes so do you feel like you have to alter your discussion is yes. that respect as well. yes
1: okay. i think also the peop- the things that people are interested to talk about are completely different right and the language that they use even if we always talk in english the words and the terms and the language that they use is mm. different mm. Uh, so i would have a conversation about how the work that these practices are doing is political Mm. inherently because it's you know people don't like to call themselves activists but essentially saying things shouldn't be as they are let's get together to do things to Mm -hmm. change things right Uh, so i can have that conversation with someone uh, let's say from the global north or from Mm -hmm. europe or even from the middle east Mm -hmm. but i cannot have this conversation with someone from Bangladesh. It's not as receptive. It's a it's Mm -mm. political thought Mm -mm. or what politics is means a completely different thing culturally. Mm. So I, in a way, need to understand when I need to tone it down and what how I need to frame the question to different people for them to Mm. because it means a different thing. Yeah, it's like even if we're talking all the same language, things mean completely different things Mm -hmm. to us. Uh, But it's also really cool because I see connections between doing all the practices and things that they are doing that they are doing essentially the same thing Mm -hmm. and these are people that have never Mm -hmm. met each other or never had the same education or nothing Mm. but they're using the same tools or they are hoping for the same things Mm. and they're doing the same things and it's really interesting Mm. and I think I think a lot of people say that my project is very hopeful or is very romantic or romanticizing (laughs) these things right but i'm like no this is not what it is about Mm -hmm. if we don't have any hope that the future can be different and think about how it could be it will never be any different so we need to somehow be able to say shit could be different and we should do something for it to be different Mm -hmm. and this is not a romantic thing or a utopia because like it's based on actions and it's based on the people that the things that people are doing and we need to talk about them mm. and and that's the whole idea that's Does, how i go into the interviews the simple is this symposium that you're doing yes
0: that's gonna be really good i hope so because it's gonna be like so weird yeah it's gonna like be so said, weird all those different people yeah different, but they're all doing the same yeah thing, and i call it, at it
1: like ways. a cross encounter yeah like i'm just putting them together i see myself a bit like someone Imagine that is it. just like not as much make yeah but basically i'm just like (laughs) (laughs) around the world and like putting everything together and then i see what happens right (laughs) laura auntie (laughs) yes baby Oh my god,
0: this is like one of your barbecues Ah, like, uh, like uh, exactly
1: <laughs> But but you know, this is really interesting Because I always think that our research And also the methods that we use are very much a reflection Of Us. who we are as people yeah. Because that's who I am as a person Even in my friendships and stuff that's not People know that's what I do, right? Mm-hmm. I'm the pe- person that brings people together To talk to each other, to meet each other But also create like a care And loving environment of discussion or whatever Yes, so it makes sense that this is the research that I do That is true and I think that's true for every academic. That mm. is true. Uh, almost everyone.
0: It's true. I'm very critical about life, so I'm very critical about this. And ones. yes, of course. <laughs> I'm never satisfied. <laughs> that's the point. Yeah.
1: yeah. So I think my mental health is good because I'm excited. Fair. That makes sense. I, th- I think I need to be excited about something to do it properly. If that I'm not... It, it's, yes. It's just half half asked basically right, or right. You, yeah you
0: really don't want to do it yeah i really don't want to do it. it
1: and then i don't do it which is good for
0: a phd because you need those days yes where you're like still excited about your project mm-hmm. do anything yes so. i mean i'm
1: not this excited every day just like yeah clarity. but that's what i mean like those days when <laughs> yes. you're not
0: very excited mm-hmm. it's nice to know that you have a passion about your project mm-hmm. that drives you yes to do it, there's something regardless.
1: for me to go there and continue it right yeah. i'm not just sitting here and like i right. tomorrow i'll feel like i don't want to do this and the day after mm. i feel like i don't want to do this that's depression basically right very <laughs> <laughs> much
0: that's when we don't graduate
1: yes
0: um but good luck thank you with the postdoc is that, that the happens, postdoc yeah if it doesn't oh, I mean, the postdoc has to happen. i feel like, like, like it like should be a postdoc, a, postdoc i, I mean it's because...
1: a postdoc this is like a thing that media shouldn't do but i do all the time so i'm like what can this be after so i know i want to write a book Mm-hmm. That is co- basically edited by me. And then mm-hmm. there is chapters from all the people that I interviewed in the book. Mm-hmm. So it's also them writing and giving them an opportunity to publish like stories of their work. Mm-hmm. And I know that I want to do a project where I go and do like that. And I would love to continue having... Basically, it might be a podcast. But right. I think these conversations are really important conversations that should be open and people that joining. Can do. Yes, yeah. and this I see. I like this idea of networking in mm-hmm. this way. Like I find that I'm sort of good at it mm. in, in this way of bringing people together and talking with them to share their experiences and stuff like that. So I I feel like I'm starting to realize in what what are the things that I'm good at and that I'm interested in doing. Another thing is methods. I love methods. Same. And I think I I need to write methods chapters. And I I wrote Mm -hmm. an email to my supervisor and the subject was, I want to write methods chapters. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But I think it's what you were saying before that many times we write a paper Mm -hmm. and it's like, okay, this was the methodology. I did interviews and I did a focus group. And And then you're like, but, how? but like, how how did you feel why what yes. how did what you involved? talk to people what were your challenges tell ethics. us tell us about ethics tell us the step. Like, like we're yes. stupid
0: tell us yes every like i walked into the room i closed <laughs> the door and the, like i want to know everything what color was the door even like yes. i need to know and yeah yeah but i think we should have like a mini episode mm-hmm. tell us but like about our projects afterwards, and maybe the longevity or yes. the sustainability of our project. Yes, projects. let's do that. Um, but it probably won't be that long because no, we don't have much to say. I, I think, think
1: we we will we? have things to say. Yes, we can talk for hours. That's true. We have about nothing. Hours. Yes, Pragya.
0: Pragya, Because what time is it? Eleven thirty.
1: Okay, nice, Pragya. Um.
2: Okay. Okay. Where uh, are we looking?
1: <laughs> I know.
0: Oh my god. To be fair, this is clearer. Not yeah. Big.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so my project, my project is about health inequalities, quite like Marissa's, except I'm looking at uh, maternal health inequalities, and I'm looking at a particular social institution, which is called caste, um, and it's usually seen in South Asia, which is um, very—it's a religious sort of a social institution, and it is. It sort of perpetrates uh, inequality through um, religious mandates and says that some people should belong to lower um, uh, edges of the society and some people should stay up. And yeah, so anyway, so I'm looking at the uh, maternal health of uh, the women from the lower caste groups in India, particularly Dalit women. Um, and um, I'm gonna do this through this methodology called Institutional Ethnography, um, which was started by a Canadian sort of a sociologist, not sort of a I mean Canadian sociologist, uh, who um I love. Uh, I love reading everything that she's written ever um she's dead now but yeah anyway um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> i'm not laughing at her
0: being dead i'm so sorry <laughs>
1: what?
0: Context, which I was Yeah. okay, okay. But,
1: but also there's always like, these academics that you love whatever you read uh, whatever they write and you read it and you love it that yeah. happens a lot more. Yeah. yeah like yeah, i have, have these people
0: death. all of mine are alive no yeah well.
1: like like marks anyway. i i'm not sure if i love everything he writes like, i don't like sure
0: everything
1: I, he writes i i i i agree with a lot of things but i
2: don't want to read it with
0: yeah. how he writes oh yeah it. i would never read it and i would i <laughs> i don't it's
2: think i so agree with anyone rude to me he's written amazing stuff with his friends. but yes and... but do you want to read it well, he was born in like oh yeah i read it I he was
0: born it. before you were even a gamete like so the way he writes is so old what do you
2: think when do you think I was born? Right. Um, anyway, um, anyway, I am yeah, I'm a fangirl of this Canadian sociologist. <laughs> What's her um, name? Um, her name is <laughs> Dorothy E. Smith. Um, ah, she yeah. was a super cool feminist and very vocal, very um, and she was a Marxist too, so she was a feminist, Marxist, Marxist, feminist, whatever. Um, and um uh, she believed um in the idea of um, sort of challenging sociology because she was a sociologist herself and she was like mm. oh this is like what white men do and it's kind of boring mm. and they sort of like enforce certain ideas without like asking the people who they're working with so basically that the idea of institutional ethnography is to center your participants uh, in your research and see them as experts rather than the sociological theories and concepts and everything that you've ever learned. So so the idea is um, for me, for example, is to look to uh, to, to um, consider that Dalit women are experts of their own maternal health mm-hmm. rather than mm-hmm. doctors or health workers or me who's coming <laughs> from outside and being like, oh, I know why this health inequality is happening to you, Um, which happens a lot in sociology. So in sociology, um, health inequalities are often um, victim blamed in the sense that people, I mean, most papers that I read say things like, oh, this person doesn't have education. This person doesn't have money. So they don't, uh, so there is a, you know, they don't get access Mm -hmm. to healthcare. But um, if you believe in a, in a welfare state government, uh, which, you know, a lot of our countries, at least India has a, a welfare state government, and it also has like a, um universal healthcare. care, um, with that sort of a concept, even if someone doesn't have education, money, income, employment, they should still be able to access healthcare. care mm-hmm. um, yeah. equally. So- so the idea is to sort of like change that narrative of uh, you know blaming the person for not having education or blah, 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 mm-hmm. and being like why isn't uh, the mechanisms or processes and these bodies of organizations mm-hmm. are not mm-hmm. provide this healthcare and so my role in all of this <laughs> is to find out where these organizations like medical health centers uh, different stakeholders health workers or, I don't know, are are either failing or even facilitating mm-hmm. maternal health for them. Um, so this is basically my project. I'm conducting my research in three phases. And the first phase is uh, interviewing Dalit women who uh, are going to tell me about their experiences um, of maternal health or uh, this can be anything this can be their pregnancy this can be childbirth this can be um postnatal experiences abortion um what else i don't know child, child loss miscarriage mm. so many things so it can be anything maternal related that they have needed health care mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. um and then it goes on to inform my further inquiry into those fields. So whatever, like quite like Lara, I'll have to analyze the data as yeah. I get it. And, yeah. uh, and, and whatever responses I get, I ha- those are gonna help me shape what I'm gonna do mm-hmm. next. Um, basically, I'm gonna interview health workers and um, do, a, do an observation in health centers around Calcutta. But um, what kind of questions I will be asking health workers, or where uh, where will I observe, and what should I be observing, will all be sort of shaped by what Dalit women have told me yeah. about their experiences of yeah. maternal health. So this is the plan. Um, I'm <laughs> I'm working across two continents, and I'm working <laughs> across three languages. Uh, and I've realized um, that it's not the best decision that I've made. I should have probably been like, "Oh, I'm just gonna go and talk to Bengali <laughs> or like it's uh, it's it's been, um, yeah, I've just been um, working across too many things. I'm learning to speak Bengali better. I'm learning how to speak Hindi better. I'm trying to talk to my parents more in Bengali, but there are words uh one of the words for example the other day that i had no idea how to say in bengali was experiences and it was so no. embarrassing because i was just like saying experiences <laughs> to someone from a low-income neighborhood who've not received uh formal education mm-hmm. so i'm not trained enough first uh, but yeah I've not um, formally started my field work uh, I've just got my ethics done last week or the week before maybe mm. um, I have lost all track of time um, but I have been working with a local NGO in uh, Calcutta which has helped hugely um, and uh, they are helping me recruit Uh, my participants um although that has become tricky too because uh because i've realized that people don't really tell their caste to other people okay like uh, a lot Mm. of ngo people because there's shame and stigma attached and a lot of maternal health policies in india are based on uh so it is but it is for lower caste groups too but it is also for lower classes Mm. um examples and you have to have documents for everything and suppose you have a caste certificate and you have a below poverty line card you would rather use your below poverty line card Mm. rather than your caste card uh, yeah because it brings more shame and stigma yeah um so yeah so for that reason like the Mm. other day i went to an entire municipal ward Mm. and there was no dalit woman registered and that was mm. really like i was just like that is not possible because it was it's so in india municipal wards are huge mm. and there has to be people who are from lower class groups uh, you mean they I mean, just say don't say yeah,
1: yeah you just don't they just don't say that the dalit, they will be registered as a low income
2: whatever yeah yeah
1: below poverty yeah, and, income
2: yeah and then I had to like individually go and it was like they were having an immunization sort of a process in the clinic and so I had to individually go and be like oh do you have and it's and even this question is very offensive to ask someone's cast yeah you have to like (laughs) you have to like say very vague things like oh do you have a cast certificate or even a BPL card there might be a policy that might you might get some benefits from and all of those like i had to make it a bit more i don't vain, know yeah trickery so <laughs> that they're not like oh why is this person asking me cars which is absolutely like justified like to have, feel like that Have, have you ever? Uh, sorry, oh, sorry.
1: <laughs> we just i, I wonder if we wanted to ask the same thing maybe because yes. we did that last
0: law yes. yeah yes. <laughs>
1: okay <laughs> Who's so, going? Going?
0: <laughs> i don't know i'll go okay. yes go have you considered, rather than you asking them their caste, mm-hmm. telling them your caste?
1: Yes, that's exactly what I was going to so <laughs> right. You can just go out to someone and be like, not what caste are you, but it's like, I hey, I'm a Dalit woman, and I'm a researcher in a university mm-hmm. and I look into maternal health of Dalit women. Do you know anyone yeah. Who's that who's yeah. who could help me with this research uh, th- 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 yeah. don't even ask them are you dalit and can you help me but yeah do you know anyone yeah. that i could get in touch with would that work in the indian cultural context especially because I you're lowering moves. your yes I because you can. are i think you saying yeah. that you are dalit is a, a point yeah. of like what I was saying before, but putting you in a similar level yes, with them, a power imbalance thing, uh, and not even, but like a yeah. bit taking you a bit down from because yeah. maybe you're just like a, yeah. a high caste person that has a lot of money and yes. is researching uh, lower yeah. caste people, right? right? Yeah, yeah. It's a so, very. Uh,
2: it's it's something that I've also written down in my uh, sort of self reflection, but also in like risk assessment and all of those things. So in India, even if you are from like a higher sort of class um it you can sort of mask your caste but if you um but i mean the shame and stigma still remains across Mm -hmm. classes and so one thing that can happen if i do go and say be like oh i'm from you know i'm a lower caste person too so Mm. um and if that person is not lower caste there can be um, I'm not saying violence, but there can be sort of judgments to Um you. me and okay. my marriage. as a researcher. Like they would be like, "Oh, you know," or there can be also this entire idea. There's the, 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 there's this entire idea of castelessness in India, which is basically like saying that caste doesn't exist anymore, and all the lower caste people have been able to mobilize upward. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, yeah, it's kind they, of like racism yeah basically it is, yeah. it is like it is like seeing a black man own like a ferrari or something and, being and like, it's like everyone it's fine yeah, now. yeah i have yeah. my
1: look at
0: beyonce <laughs> like look at this me the this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 yeah
2: yeah it's quite it's quite similar to that so um so i i will be uh disclosing my costs to mm. um my participants depending i guess but yeah. I, I probably will but for example even the ngo that i'm working with also they don't know what caste I belong to okay um and like and it's sort of it is to sort of um I mean I feel like I'm at a place right now that I don't fear any judgment anymore because I feel like you know I I don't need to prove anyone anything but Mm um but I think me going and saying that like if they they themselves are Custis, for example, mm. they would be very aware of my presence and they would not be wanting to have open conversations. I mean, I I have talked to a few health workers and they have been really problematic. Okay, and I think they were they were able to talk about that more freely because they because didn't know. Didn't yeah, no. Okay. My so one of them said, and this was so interesting to me. So lower caste people in India um they clean um so they are they're like manual scavengers so for example if there's a dead animal on the street and you guys would be like why would there be a dead animal in the street cows, if there's, like no. animals in it? yes mm-hmm. everywhere everywhere yeah yes cows goats I don't know rats all of those things mm-hmm. so they would so lower caste people in India sort of clean um sort of dead bodies out of uh streets of animals uh or they clean uh sewages um by themselves mm-hmm. um and uh, it's the jobs that no one else
1: wants to do yeah
2: right yeah and and even and the indian government hasn't been able to also have like i don't know um mechanical sort of um alternatives mm. and like low caste people still perform those sort of work okay right and they die because sort of work mm-hmm. um and then I was mm-hmm. talking to this health worker and um and usually um in these urban slum areas where Dalits live it's like really um really polluted and like there's waste everywhere mm-hmm. I can show you some pictures mm-hmm. uh, maybe later I don't know like, so yeah done. people do all of the cleaning and the yes saying of streets and all of those things mm-hmm. and but they live in areas which is really like full of waste and like it's just horrible living conditions and everything mm-hmm. and this health worker was like uh so i just asked her what 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 do you think why does the authorities do nothing about all the waste and then she said that um I don't know but these people themselves are cleaners and sweepers and they don't know how to keep their um, slums clean and I was just oh. like <laughs> that is so problematic it was so problematic because probably all the waste from around get deposited on right. there yes area, and 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 of obviously the government doesn't give a fuck about like their living conditions Mm -hmm. so yeah so um right now i am basically um oh i'm creating my information video and -hmm. i've done it today Mm finally which is in Mm -hmm. english and hindi i'm so fucking tired i know it's so it's so irritating but i've done it (laughs) finally um i am looking for a pregnant Dalit woman to do my pilot (laughs) Sorry, who's not going to be looking sounded for it like for a curve. <laughs> yes <laughs> please pregnant lady come to me <laughs> talk to me i mean my supervisors told me to test it on my friends and i was like i have no pregnant friends what are you talking about and I, she, they were like no you can just tell them to pretend <laughs>
1: like, yeah no no pregnant. but you should do yeah. that
0: i i tested my discussion guide on my mom um, really and that's what that's how i perfected it and she doesn't have blood cancer um okay. she's been ill before right yeah she's yeah. had illness before so i was just like let's talk through that and she's been the support system of someone who's had cancer before so i was okay. like mm. you kind of even though you don't have this very specific thing that i'm looking at it's mm-hmm. enough that i can practice and I can mm. still evolve it later, you know?
1: My first interview that was supposed to be a sort of a little bit of a practice interview, but it actually like honestly one of the most interesting ones that I had until now was with my sister.
2: Oh. <gasps> also wow. oh, it was kind of so like great. that right
1: yeah. so it was about discussing and seeing how this works out and if it will work out mm-hmm. uh, but then also she's doing work that is very relevant to my project because she's in a similar mm. discipline and she's doing projects and things that are very similar mm. so we had an amazing discussion but i think it also frames the context of cyprus in such a good way for the rest of my interviews right and it was mm. really interesting so i'd say even if you don't know anyone that's pregnant find someone and just yeah. do the whole thing like playtesting, yeah. basically.
2: And and uh, quite like um, like Lara Lara's experience. I don't know. Like uh, my supervisors also told me that I shouldn't be bothered about my interview sh- schedule yeah. guide thing a mm. lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were like, mm-hmm. "You're making this too like elaborate. You have to listen more. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. and let them do the thing. You just have to." prompt uh somewhere in between but like not really dictate where the conversation goes yeah mm-hmm. so my interview schedule was um i think 45 questions in the beginning wow. and oh now my it's god like seven. <laughs>
1: seven wow <laughs> nice
2: that's better
0: mine no actually mine has a lot of questions as well on it it's mm-hmm. probably got like yeah. a lot of questions on it but they're all the likelihood it comes out in the person that's talking to me Mm -hmm. is very high okay yeah therefore like Mm -hmm. if it doesn't come out and i really really need to ask
1: this i also found it Mm -hmm. helpful to prioritize them a bit in my head yeah so which are the ones Mm -hmm. that i really want to talk about and then which ones are like backups like if the conversation is not flowing Mm -hmm. what are other things i can ask
0: right i have like a section for prompts yes prompts and then there's actual questions
1: no mine is kind of separated in in like a bigger topics yeah so it's like Mm -hmm. that's how i imagine the interview starting and ending and how it Mm. might flow from subject to subject let's say and then under each one of these bigger topics there is like sub prompt or whatever yeah yeah same
2: yeah Yeah. so yeah i'm hopefully starting my uh interviews this month Mm -hmm. and um and i have not been able to write actually like i've not been able to do anything else in my life other than no you're not but gonna it's okay
0: to not right? write.
2: yeah i'm trying to send a report to my uh supervisors <laughs> since i've come to india what i'm ha- trying to send a report is it on what's your thought or is it the policy thing that you like think? a like a like an update but like more uh like an elaborate update of like um, can you just talk to them, dying? Yeah. Talk to them. just yeah, talk yeah, on yeah.
1: a meeting and talk to them you don't need to write it down
0: oh it's the to the
1: worst it's, you have your dictaphone now yes and you yeah. have
0: all these things you can just record how you feel in each moment rather than mm-hmm. yeah. like speech to text yeah. almost except it never turns into text mm. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. maybe
2: I should do yeah yeah because oh yeah that was so cool imagine me going around and being like um Okay, I feel like this, Bob, uh, this helped work a bit, you said this. Um, no, but experience. seriously, I, uh, I used
1: it as okay. a research method once. I'm sorry, I was oh. talking about oh. the recording, but, <laughs> uh, but it was about um, being in a city that we had to do some analysis of like a neighborhood or whatever, and I was hmm. with another uh, colleague and we would basically because we knew a lot of things about this place, but from the internet and from research mm-hmm. and from books, but we'd never been there before. So it was the first time we were there and we were just recording all of our conversations that we were having while walking through the neighborhood. And that was one of the most uh, interesting data that we had in the end,
2: mm-hmm. because
1: it's like your first reactions, how you think mm-hmm. about things, how you, uh, how you discuss things and be like, oh my God, I read about this, but this is a completely different thing that is happening in mm-hmm. real life. So it's a, it's a method. You can just record your your thoughts. Yes,
2: I don't know what would I do different. I would just I don't know what I would do. I would just speed up, speed people up. Be like, please do this. I think, but,
1: babes you can't control other people.
2: It's true, and I think one of my biggest I don't know drawbacks was that Mm -hmm. I was in the UK, and that if I was here. There's so many things that moved because I I was here, mm-hmm. but yeah. I couldn't have done that before even, getting before, even before getting my ethics application. I'm just thinking mm-hmm. I could have just like learned for these people if I was in this country uh, before and then, you know, push them to really, you know, tell mm-hmm. me how things work uh or just you know during during my volunteering i would have understood how things work but um yeah it took me a very very long time so if you are in the same country yeah. that you're studying and researching i don't know like maybe go volunteer <laughs> cuz like it's it's very difficult yeah yeah
0: i was going to say would you do anything ethically different cuz you know your application took so long to come through
2: so long so yeah long. Um, I don't know. It's such a big application. If you read my application, and yeah. then obviously, I I wrote my application from my uh, taking um, hints and like uh, stuff from my supervisor sisters, and mm. their final application is so much simpler. And I don't know how, why is mine so complicated. But like I've written so many words explaining myself. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I don't know, I would, I would, I would do nothing different about the ethics. i <laughs> just like, try to think about things that could go wrong. And I, and I really value the feedback. Like mm. I know that sometimes, um, uh, reviewers can be very, I don't know, to give review that is very useless, but like mine was really, really helpful and, mm. um, mm-hmm. things that Consider probably because I wasn't here, and once I was here, mm. I just it just came to me. So yeah,
0: I oh, think the that's other thing really... that I. Oh, sorry, go on. No, go I was on. just gonna say that's really like telling about how mm. our not just our ethics process, but just the process of doing research in the UK, mm. and especially going to other countries. You're at least an Indian person, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. There are many mm-hmm. people who are not Indian people and right. go or people from the country that they're researching mm-hmm. doing research there and they have no idea of the cultural um norm implications and stuff that come yeah. from their research and you yeah. had that problem being an alien person just because you were in another country so imagine
1: yeah. i mean Maybe this might be very controversial, but Pragya, do you think if a white person came and did the research that you are doing, it would be easier to approach people because for them caste, because for them caste is not a thing, so they get like a also they get a free pass in like saying
2: yeah because they're fair yeah 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 Yeah. I've told you about this theory of like how uh, Indians would be very accepting of a white. A uh, son in law, but not a black son in law for their daughter. Nice. Mm-hmm. Like, if I was to do her research, yeah, yeah. they'll be no, like,
0: yeah.
1: Well, she's done it. If a British woman came to do her research, exactly her research in the same place, mm-hmm. I feel like people would be like, it's okay for her to ask me about my cast because 100%. she doesn't care about cast. Yeah. Like but she's, she's yeah. not in the system. Like, yeah. I'm yeah.
0: talking like more. So while it'll be easier for them to do the research, yes. I think the ethical implications of, course, of yes. it that like you didn't think of, mm-hmm. you didn't think of. Uh, you everywhere. Omnipotes <laughs> <only folks> and <laughs> didn't think of um, are things that they definitely wouldn't have for uh-huh. of. Them. And no, that's no. why it's like, you can see the problematicness Also yeah,
1: is it ethical for a person to even do such research? Yeah. Mm. Like I just said it as a like as a thought, but like like Mm. I think I think we you don't always have to be inside the people that you're researching to research mm-hmm. something about them, and it, yeah. it doesn't have to be always a requirement, right. But no. you should always ask yourself, Is me is not only this research ethical, but is me mm-hmm. doing this research yeah. in mm-hmm. this way ethical?
0: I, mean, I am at my best, should, yes, even should someone else do it, yes. Of being a dollar person in India and then being mm-hmm. this white British person is yes. like wild to me, mm-hmm. Personally. Mm-hmm. and they're talking about maternal mm-hmm. health, and then if they're yeah. not pregnant or whatever, it's yeah. like a whole.
1: Yes. do you think but I would, I would if you are no, up with a big belly you should would they approach you differently
2: oh for sure i mean okay but not as much as cast like yes color of skin like that no no yeah, but i'm saying if they... you
1: if you pragya went to talk to them visibly pregnant mm would that change something 100%.
2: maybe something yeah, yeah yeah it would it would uh but like not not completely i would also want to acknowledge this that yeah. i think i also am treated like a white person sometimes uh here right uh, and i've i've talked about this to my supervisors too but there have been spaces where once so i try to not tell i am most of the times just to because i was just sculpting and i just want to see i want to test the waters basically Mm -hmm. without putting myself out there but Mm. a lot of the time maybe people who i went with they would just tell the other people that oh this is a person who's come from the uk Um, and that would just change the entire body language and people I'm, why I'm saying that they treat me like a white person is because they want to take pictures with me and I don't think that's okay. But a, a lot of white people have done the same thing like in India. And I'm mm-hmm. just like, very obviously I'm not white, but like the mm. like thing that, Oh, this is researcher has come from the UK and we need to act differently. And like, you know they behave differently in front of me, which is interesting in itself. I think mm. um, one mm. of the one of the health centres there was this um, A and M um, and basically the, like a, like a like a health worker. And uh, before like before I didn't tell who I was, um, and they just knew me as the organisation that I'm working with. Their volunteer, so they were being more candid. Mm. But then mm-hmm. someone from the organisation said. Who i was and immediately she was like oh oh then we should take pictures <laughs> and that was really weird and awkward i was talking to a random patient uh there and then they were just taking pictures of me talking to that patient it was just it was weird but but yeah, I is it
1: because it. they f- feel like you're white or is it about like posting it somewhere <laughs> like on yeah. social media no, but like a researcher I mean, has come Oh yes, a researcher from the UK has come to talk with us and yes yes Yeah. 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 That, yes. The latter. Cause,
2: yeah, yeah, for
0: sure. Okay. Because I was gonna say, like, if there's any constellation, there is an Indian person somewhere with a photo of me in their photo album. <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> because they came to visit I'm on holiday long while long. I was oh, at work God, and they decided God. they want yeah. to take pictures of me.
1: Like, you mean, like, somewhere in the
0: street? No, like, it used to work in, like, a store, right? Yes. When I was a student. Yeah, well, like, I'm let's a, say in Tesco
1: it. or something. It was not Tesco, let's but say. Yeah, yeah, it was a yeah. running was a shoe shop. A shoe shop, okay. And so
0: I was helping her buy shoes, like, okay. and she was, like, oh. <laughs> Can I like, take a photo? Yeah, and then she wanted to come round and, like, pose with me. Okay. And I was, like,
2: oh, what are we doing? Like, <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> so, um, yeah. Yes, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the other thing i don't know if marissa this is gonna happen to you but it might uh, yeah. But like people also think that i'm a medical expert <laughs> it's yes, so funny probably. that they would give <laughs> me their uh they would give me their um i don't know blood pressure sugar all those details oh and like like ultrasonographies, and be like and i'm just like i don't need any of these mm-hmm. And they like, be like no is no my
1: baby okay does everything
2: look fine?
1: <laughs> and
0: you're like no, no, no. but um uh, no yeah, i, I so. wouldn't be surprised if that happened and yeah. uh, i told you i'm supposed to be teaching at schools right
1: mm-hmm.
0: i'm doing pre-designed modules that they've done okay. and so they were like here's the list we've given you a list of modules that we think are most suited to you
1: mm-hmm.
0: and they are literally biology chemistry and statistics
1: really Yes. Did you tell them that you they are in the sociology Yes, they know my
0: projects and okay. everything. And they were like, oh, she's looking at blood cancer. So, it's, so clearly no, she needs to do have, the heart. You
2: have biochemistry, at least. Yeah, that's but not that's, the point. That's not point point what
0: she should I teach was, children. Right. And I was looking at some of the other stuff that they have. They have mm-hmm. things like what the Windrush generation was and how they have affected oh, the UK oh and stuff like that. And I was like, I could do that. Yes. Technically, yeah. I'm yeah. not their generation, but I'm a descendant of that generation, mm-hmm. right? That makes sense. And my research talks about the Windrush and how it's important mm-hmm. to health inequalities. I could do that, but you've yeah. given me what is the heart, these are valves. And I, I don't wanna do that.
1: Did you tell them? Yeah, okay. I messaged
0: them like I like I could. Because it's also, like, it's it's low, le- like, it's school Yes, yes, yes. So yes. I could, but I'm, like... Like,
1: I could, and I know nothing about yeah, it. Yeah, like, most people you, could, you could. But I want to not do that. You want to <laughs> have conversations with young people that are important to have. And, and like hard it, to have. And hard, well. hard to have, I think yes. that's important, because mm-hmm. I think, I,
0: like, if I want to get something out of it, it's not mm-hmm. hard to tell someone what the heart is. But it's mm-hmm. hard to talk to them about not everybody has equal access to health. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. these... And you, childs, will probably not have equal access to that child or whatever Mm -hmm. like that's very difficult yes um, information that whatever
2: yeah
1: i hope they give you the the other subjects yes pragya i wanted to say you should um when all of this is over you should definitely write a paper if it's You, this could be also like in an online thing, like in the center of equity, for example. But I think you Mm. should write a proper paper and publish it that talks about these interactions and kind of the um, the class caste. uh, Oh, yeah. And whatever else, and you as a researcher from the UK, and what all of this means together. Mm -hmm. Because I think it's really interesting, Mm -hmm. and not a lot of people talk about it this candidly and and in detail. Mm -hmm. And I think it would Mm -hmm. be very interesting to discuss this.
0: And it's not specific to you as well.
1: Yeah, it's not specific to you. Obviously, there are very specific
0: elements to your experience,
1: Mm -hmm. but like
0: you could do, I think you could do this research in any globally southern place.
1: Mm-hmm. and
0: come up with very similar problems that other people could yes. relate to you know what i mean yeah mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah
1: yeah but yeah, i th- sure. i think it's very interesting because I think the way that we think of social class and caste as someone that is not yeah. a part of the caste system, yeah. it's like mm-hmm. it, they go together in parallel, right? Mm-hmm. But mm. it's like they don't go in parallel and there's no, certain no, no, intersections no. of class and caste that mm. if you're in, you're less or more privileged according to in which oh, yeah. intersection you are on. So I, I'm imagining the diagram because that's my brain, <laughs> but like I feel like it would be a very interesting conversation.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Because absolutely. you are in absolutely.
1: a different subsection of this than your particular participants most mm. like not all of your but some of your participants and that's why the power
2: imbalance is different as well mm. absolutely i mean that is another thing that i think mental health wise that i'm really uh, struggling with is sort of um coming to terms with um this power imbalance and like not just yeah. power imbalance but like material imbalance and mm-hmm. everything is imbalanced just the fact that i mean i do want to show you pictures of like where people live and Mm -hmm. it's 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 a horrible feeling to go there in the morning and then come back to my apartment which is obviously uh nothing like where they live and it's just um so this is someone's house but there's Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. front of it like that's Mm -hmm. all the waste there and they just live with it and it's just Mm um yeah i'm just i i just i'm trying to come to terms with it more and more and like thinking about like Mm -hmm. to my supervisors a lot about it and being like I don't know how to deal with the this sort of like an um, imbalance um but yeah but but there's there's so many things that um come up and I want to write about it and every time I email some my supervisors they all in caps just like you say this is all very interesting and this is all very data you have to write something about yes Mm. so yes, yeah, so I'm 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 kind of yeah. So I think my tip would be that take every phase of your fieldwork, not just when it starts from, but also before that. Mm-hmm. Uh, very here mm. is like think about the the sort of you know things that you come across. Um, yeah, probably that.
0: It's very interesting that your power imbalances, diff- your power balances, should I say, differ mm-hmm. across many many things like mm-hmm. it seems like in one given day you could potentially have different power balances
2: absolutely even the, health, even the health workers are really they come yeah. from the really backgrounds um and it's um yeah i don't know they have very precarious mm-hmm. conditions they don't get paid um mm-hmm. and it's yeah it's all a mess um and uh, there's very little money very little money For maternal health in India. Mm -hmm. So, God help everybody who gets pregnant and is from a lower class background Mm. in the
1: country. It also is a very interesting conversation to think. And I think we talked about this on the ethics episode, Mm -hmm. but of how ethics mean completely different things. yeah. Yeah. Different thing. Like, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> I going to say nothing. I mean, the procedural ethics that we do for the ethics applications, they mean, I mean almost nothing. That's what I right? was talking about. But yeah. ethics are so complicated. And this yeah. micro ethics of managing your everyday interactions with mm-hmm. people while you're doing research, they are so vastly different according to yeah. the context. Mm-hmm. And the, yeah. the way that the UK educational system takes them and narrows them down so much. They yeah. yeah, they dehumanize everything, mm-hmm. and they decontextualize it, and de everything yeah. that they can do, they take it out from it, mm-hmm. and it's, it's just, just a form that and words that you need to fill. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. And uh, it's, always, it's just it becomes completely
1: it's just bureaucratic. A po- yeah, it's yeah. a tick point bureaucratic pos- process to cover their asses mm-hmm. as if something goes wrong, um, and yeah. and it has the good things become the people that read our ethics applications they give us good feedback or just Mm. you going in the process of thinking about it it means that you are Mm. more aware of different issues but still it's (laughs) it could
2: be significantly better no no it also should
1: be a completely different conversation if you ask right
0: it works well i guess maybe in a lab context yes even in that context Mm -hmm. sometimes but not outside of that. If you do any other form yeah. of research, there's no real point yeah. in having the same ethics process. But what time is it? It is 12.16. 12.16?
1: We should have been over by now. Yes. Yeah, so uh, okay. Bye, everyone. Uh, I was <laughs> going to be like, any tips, anything, any closing notes? We've done too much. Yeah, done too much.
0: Um, yeah. But it was lovely talking to you. We're so sorry this mm-hmm. episode is long. We hope you've got something out of it.
1: Yes. Um.
0: I thought it was a nice discussion. Me too. Kind of forgot you yeah. guys were there. Yes, yeah, same.
1: And Which is a good thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I always like forget that they are there. Yeah, me too. And right. That's why,
2: sorry, guys. I forgot to tell you. I'm sorry of how I looked in the last episode because I absolutely forgot that you know there will be people <laughs> who would look at that video. How can you apologize okay. for your own body? Never apologize for your well, own body. Okay, yeah. sorry. No, not apologizing to my own body, but like you are. <laughs> Who had to see me?
0: Yeah, I'm exactly. Like, Never apologize for people seeing your body. Always make your body a present. It,
2: it was just my face and it looked very. Unless very you're like sick.
0: naked in the street. Yeah, I completely forgot there are people there mm-hmm. listening to us.
2: So apologies. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. Thank you for and listening. And if you
1: like this format for some reason, even uh, when we forgot to record our sound, so our sound might not be as well as it could be, mm-hmm. um please let us know if you like this or not. Yes. And thank you for listening. Bye, bitches. Love you. goodbye.